Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if you do. So if you're feeling like you got your team in the bag and you know that they're definitely going to somehow get a win, although if you're like a Raiders fan and you end up losing to the Jaguars like you did, maybe it's not a good idea to bet on them. But regardless, check this out. Right now, Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your boy, your confidant, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your red-hot new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I hope you're having a fantastic day. You guys know I really, I'm so grateful and I appreciate you guys so much for everything you guys have, you know, helped with with everything that we've done here at the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And 
Let's keep this baby rolling, as I say. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for DraftKings, don't forget to sign up, use our promo code THPN, and as always, tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. And again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well. It's the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest who is returning to the Devil's State of Mind podcast. He has been on here before. A man who really needs no introduction, but I will give it to him regardless. He Ladies and gentlemen, is my good friend Max, who's also the owner of the Dirty Devil Fan Twitter account here on Twitter. So, Max, welcome back to the Devil State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend? Man, well, it's snowing like crazy here in Colorado. So, it was a hectic day, but I'm looking forward to settling in for the worst part of the snowstorm to watch the Devil's hockey hopefully we can keep the streak rolling in toronto this is going to be a tough one so but i mean i think me and you need to take a bow because we called this at the beginning of the season i was watching spit and chicklets the other day and they're saying who who actually thought the devils were going to be this good well well we did and we said it before the season and we i got a lot of crap for it and um look at us now 10 in a row so yeah i know we've been absolutely flying of late and, and as i said in the previous episode, it still doesn't feel real to me that the team is actually this good and is playing at this type of level. It's crazy. You always imagine, you always think, especially with the talent that the Devils have accumulated over the last several years, you knew that at some point it was going to break out. You just didn't know when. And now it really feels like that things are clicking on all cylinders, that we are playing at the level that we are supposed to play. And uh, yeah, obviously tonight, big matchup. In Toronto against Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have been kind of up and down since the season really started. A little bit of discontent here or there. I think it's actually interesting how Austin Matthews earlier today said that he's using the Devils as a challenge and a measuring stick for their team, which you would not think that the last several years. It used what are to be the odds? I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's like uh, it, you, you never envisioned that type of situation but for the devils this is as tough of a challenge as it is for the maple leafs because again you're facing two tremendous players and while the bottom six and goaltending is very questionable for toronto both matthews and marner and even to an extent william nylander can carry a team to a victory on any given night so and obviously also john Tavares, who just reached uh i forgot what i think it was like 500 points or Something along those lines, he reached, you know, a milestone in his last game. So, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. The second of a three-game road trip. After this, the Devils will travel to Ottawa on Saturday afternoon to take on the Senators. But the most important thing, obviously, Max, is simply that the Devils are looking to move their unprecedented winning streak to an 11th straight game tonight. And I guess, really, my question to you is this. What is the biggest thing that has stood out to you these past 10 wins in a row that has ultimately led to the Devils having this much success early on? Well, I mean, I, I have <laughs> – there's a number of things. The, the, the first and foremost is Nico Hishier's 200-foot play. I mean, this guy is reminding me of John Madden in 2003. He's incredible on all ends of the ice, and you can tell that he's really leading this team in the locker room. 
Uh, another big thing is that John Marino is looking like the best off-season acquisition in the NHL. I mean, get a load of this guy. He's he's crazy on, on the rushes. He's amazing on the blue line, keeping the puck in the zone. He's creative with his passing. I mean, he has been just everything that the Devils needed. Jesper Bratt betting on himself and winning. Jack, he's still getting better with each game. I think that, that game in Montreal was his best performance at two-date period. Um you know, he went out there against a good friend of his, Cole Caulfield, and, and it seemed like he had something to prove. So after a rough first period, Lindsey switched the lines around, put him with Halla and Mercer, and he got rolling and uh, scored three points and uh, got us the win. Um, Nate Bastion has evolved into one of the key players on this team, which I don't think anybody predicted. And then I just have to give our fans one big I told you so about Miles Wood because this guy is, is the heart and soul of the team. He's coming to play every night. So much intensity. Uh, same with Fabian Zetterland. I mean, who would have thought before the season that Fabian Zetterland would have been the mainstay right winger on the first line? You know, they've been shuffling him and Nico with everybody. And I, and I said it last year, too. Him and Nico have an incredible chemistry together. I love the mm -hmm. way they play. Um, Nico finds open space, and Fabian just bulldozes himself into those corner scrums, comes away with the puck, and, and that first line has been incredible. Um, and then... Vitek Vanacek, man, who would have thought? There's something that the devil, we talked about this the other day on Twitter. There's something that Marty and the devil saw in this guy where that other teams did not see because look at the way he's playing. He looks like an elite all-star level goalie right now. I mean, right. that first period against Montreal would have been 3 nothing Montreal with any other goalie in that. I mean, Vitek was absolutely incredible. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up, is the New York media not giving the credit that we deserve? I saw this SNY segment called Quick Picks. It's like a, a betting show. And they had a panel on, and they asked, out of the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers, who's your pick? Who's the best bet to, to win the Metro? And we're on a freaking nine-game heater, and they're picking the Islanders and the Rangers, the entire panel. So hopefully they, the New York media comes around. I know it frustrates them when the little guys from Jersey are doing their thing. Uh, a little bit of PTSD from the early 2000s for the Ranger and Islanders fans. But, I mean, yeah, like, we go out against Detroit and Philly, lose 5-2. to two, We look absolutely awful. I was convinced this is going to be another terrible season. Mm -hmm. Then we go down 2 nothing against Anaheim at home, and I'm, I'm convinced the season's over at that point. We pull that game off as we should have and play the best game I had seen us play up to almost 10 years against the Islanders on the road winning 3 nothing against a hostile crowd at UBS, Vanacek with the shutout, and Palat proving me right with his first two goals as a devil. So I'm starting to feel a little bit optimistic that we're going to be okay, and then we get absolutely railroaded by Washington with numerous turnovers in our own zone and failure to capitalize on multiple high-quality scoring chances. So then I get real nervous, and ever since then, we run 10 in a row. So, I mean, this team is coming together. The sorry Lindsay chants are warranted. It's just great to see this. We're the talk of the town right now in the NHL. Nobody's doing it like us. So it's just it's great to see all these major media, the NHL networks, Fit and Chicklets, all these people give us our credit. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, again, it's, it's something that you've always tried to envision that this team could potentially do. And when it's actually happening, you can't believe it. I mean, again, I'm sitting here, you know, we're sitting here currently with the Devils on a 10-game heater. And obviously, we'll see what things happen tonight against the Maple Leafs. But it really is remarkable what this team has been able to accomplish in the early little over a month 
um, into the season. And I'm glad you brought up, um, you know, the New York media, because obviously throughout the NHL, we're clearly one of the, one of the big talking points, you know, throughout, throughout the game, uh, throughout everybody's, you know, talking points. I know that there was, there was one game that was going on last night and it was so boring that the broadcasters for about three minutes were talking about just the devils and had, and the game had nothing to do with the devils, but it was just that they're clearly making noise throughout the league and catching everybody's attention. You know, the devils currently sit second overall in the NHL standings, two points behind uh, the first place Boston Bruins. They are several points ahead in the Metropolitan Division and playing some fantastic hockey right now, scoring 41 goals, I think, so far during this 10-game uh, winning streak and giving up only like 14 or 15 because that's the thing. It's not just the offense that is kicking ass. It is the defense that is locking oh, yeah. down. And then you have goaltending. You know, Mackenzie Blackwood's going to be out for several weeks. Vitek Vanacek really taking over the reins. And even Akira Schmid, who's now won his first I two mean, games in the on. NHL, he has been <laughs> absolutely tremendous in his short time. And we'll see if he gets an, another shot um, relatively soon. I mean, I would expect it probably against Ottawa. You know, we'll see. But I think overall, you look at this team and you say that the organization expects it. It's, it's one of those things where they expect this team to be like this. And I think now the fans are starting to really, really get into it and say, yeah, we are good. We are good enough to be, you know, at the top of the NHL. This is not a fluke. And I know that the New York media will, you know, disregard us because, again, it's Jersey. It's clearly New Jersey, you know, crapping on New Jersey and all that stuff. Yep. And everybody's saying, well, at some point the winning streak's going to come to an end. And yes, you are correct. At some point, this winning streak will come to an end. When it will end, we don't know. By the time you guys listen to this episode, the winning streak may have already been snapped. Who, exactly. you know, It doesn't matter. The way the Devils play right now is that they're taking it one game at a time and they're just focusing on being competitive at going out there and not really being intimidated. I think for years, this team would go out there intimidated by whoever they were playing and exactly. one bad thing would happen and they would just, it would just snowball from there. This is a competent team. This is the deepest team I've seen this organization have oh, in yeah. about 10 years since the 2011, 2012 cup final run. And I think when you look at it at the end of the day, you see a team that just believes in itself that they can win any type of way on any given night. Cause they've had some games in this winning streak where they weren't a hundred percent themselves but still found a way to win those games anyway and I think that that that's the difference between getting into the playoffs and not getting into the playoffs winning those type of games that you're not expected to win and especially the games when you're not playing at your best I, I think the Edmonton comeback is a really good example of that I think another good example is the comeback well not really comeback but the uh the up and down you know game against the Ottawa Senators last week that was definitely another good example of that and I think overall, it's just been, it's just been great to watch this team play the way that it's playing. And again, we're hoping that it can continue. And one of the reasons, guys, that I brought on Max, uh, first and foremost, he was the one that said to me he wanted to come on. So I appreciate when people, you know, hit me up in the DMs and tell me that they want to come on and they want to express their opinion, which I love. I really, really love. I know that. People will say, you know, oh, you know, if you want to make your podcast big, you got to only have like big name people. And, I, and I've said it before. Look, my podcast is for the fans by a fan. At the end of the day, I am just a fan of this team that gets to do what I love for a living. And that is cover them. 
but and I want to reciprocate for all the support that everybody, including Max, has given me since I started this podcast. And I want to give people the platform to speak their mind because Twitter is one thing, Instagram's another, and obviously podcasting like we're doing right now is another good example of that. And it's particularly good when the team is doing well, because I want to hear people express, you know, their feelings towards how this team is playing right now. And winning certainly gives us that confidence. So, you know, it's, it's honestly great to just, you know, have on someone who's been following the team and obviously, you know, has a very, very strong opinion of this team, which is good. So speaking of that strong opinion, Max, the, the next question I have for you is this, how long do you think this winning streak could potentially go if you're and try to be as honest as possible so like if you legitimately think that it might end tonight you know i understand but like i want you to give us your honest opinion of how how far do you think this team can go with this winning streak um man it's tough to say i i i think tonight's a tough challenge i really do um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now just so I could get get it right in front of my face. Yeah, but um, I think we could sweep all of the entire nation of Canada, though, which would be that's an incredible true. feat. Um, we would definitely be the kings of Canada after that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we play the Maple Leafs tonight. Um, I think we should win that game. I just think that our third and fourth line versus their third and fourth line is going to be such a lopsided mismatch that we should get that done. I actually am a little bit nervous about the Ottawa game because the Senators are a very hungry and talented team, and, and we struggled in that game. You know, the first Ottawa game, when Vitek goes out, I got that little pit in my stomach, like, all right, just accept it. The win streak's over. Akira Schmid's in that. Like, we're, we're in trouble here. And then all of a sudden, we kill off that penalty in overtime, and Dougie Hamilton rips one from the point, goes off Nico Hishiro, and we win. Um, that was... That was one of the best moments as a Devil fan in over five years for me, that overtime win to keep the streak alive. Then um, we play Edmonton at home. I, I think we're just a better team than Edmonton. I think we could beat them as well. And then we play Toronto again at home. So I'm thinking in one of those Toronto games we might lose. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to really call because this yeah. team has continued to surprise me. When we went to Western Canada for that road trip, I did not see us coming out there, coming out of there with six points. So uh, the big turning point on what made me think this team, feeling optimistic about the team and then feeling like we're real legitimate contenders was that Edmonton game. The mm -hmm. way they were able to respond after the Graves goal and just seven seconds later take the lead in the third and then hold that lead and clamp onto the Oilers and not allow them, because that's an offensive powerhouse, you know. A one-goal lead with over a minute left for Edmonton is 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 hearsay. They, they've come back from that a million times. Um, but looking at the schedule, you know, we play the Rangers on the 28th at the Garden. That's mm -hmm. a must-win. So uh, if we lose any of the games before that, as long as we beat the Rangers at the Garden, I'll be fine. I think that's fair. And again, you know, obviously, you know, you got two games coming up against the Maple Leafs tonight in Toronto and then later on in New Jersey. And uh, I've said it before and, I've, and I'll say it again that 
if the streak were to come to an end against a good team like Toronto, then I think a lot of people would understand it. Because again, you know, it, at some point streaks end and at some, you know, sometimes when you're facing a team that's at the same level as you are, or in some cases, maybe even better, it's just going to happen. And, you know, hockey's a magical, unpredictable sport. You never really know what's going to happen in these games until they actually start. Sometimes you get a fair idea, but most of the time, any team can come out and play tremendous or incredibly poor. And I think the big thing for Lindy Ruff at this point is that he is just trying to keep this team level and very much, you know, humble as well and saying that, look, we haven't done anything. Yeah, this is all great and everything, but we're we're not even halfway through the season yet. There's a lot more hockey to be played. And, I, and I've said it before on this podcast, and Max has heard me say it before, that I'm not going to start you know, going up and down and saying this team is different than in other years only because of I have seen starts similar to this before. I mean, just last year we were 7-3-2 and two, and then things fell to you know what. You know, I want to see this team in February, March timeframe, like the trade deadline, and we're still very much in the thick of things before I really start thinking that because, again, the Devils, while everyone says they have a 90-plus percent chance right now to make the playoffs, all that stuff, the Devils for years now have come up very small when the expectations have been very high. So this team has to continue to start to play this way. I'm not saying I doubt this team. It's that I want to see more. I want to see consistency. I want to see more of this. I want more. All the fans want more. One of the things that was so unbelievable to me was just last week, and granted, I wasn't in the in the country when this was going on. I was in Puerto Rico. Is the fact that we all pushed Devils fans to to get to the Prudential Center and pack the rock for those three games. And they did. And they showed oh, yeah. that support. And I've said it before. This team starts becoming good. The fans will show up. They, oh, they, yeah. are no, they are no different than any other fan base in the NHL. If they get good results, they will show up. And this is what this team has done. They've continued to give us good results, wins, exciting hockey, everything. Oh, yeah. And that is why people are showing up. This is what it's all about. Even on weekdays, they're going to show up. That's the way that this fan base has always been regardless. And they sit here today seven wins away from tying the NHL record for most consecutive wins in a year. The Pittsburgh Penguins, um, who had won the Stanley Cup in 91 and 92, uh, were actually even better in 92-93. They were looking for a three-peat when they won 17 in a row before ending the season with a 6-6 tie against the New Jersey Devils. So there's a little fun history for all of you guys. And yes, ties did unfortunately exist way back when. Luckily, they don't do that anymore. But it's crazy now to think about because this is the first time I had thought about a record of consecutive wins. I was just focused on we're winning a lot of games in a row and this is great. But the fact that they're actually relatively close to that record is astounding. And oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that the Devils are going to go win the Stanley Cup this year. But it, to be in a situation where they could make a run at history um, in a good way, which you know, we way. haven't been able to say for a while, I think is phenomenal. And so I think that it's just been an exciting time to be a Devils fan. And we all need to embrace it. We all need to continue to um, embrace you know, this level of play and continue to show our support for this team and uh, continue to cheer. Now, Max, here's the big thing for me. 
Obviously, we talked about it, but I'll mention it again. The sorry Lindy chance last week was hysterical. I mean, it oh, was, yeah. it was and, and in a good way too. Like, I'm not embarrassed about the fact that people are saying shame on the devils for giving up so quickly early in the season. And, and my reaction all the time was you try to be in our position for several years where it looks like the season is already done before it started. And we yep. already knew, and we were already tired of Lindy Ruff's act at that point anyway. Um, but I also want to give credit to Lindy Ruff for taking it in stride, even after that, that yeah, in the press conference saying, you know, maybe one day we'll all sit down and have a beer and laugh about it, which I'm sure we will. But let me ask you this, Max. What are your feelings right now? Honestly, truly, what are your overall feelings about Lindy Ruff? I, I love the way he's he's coaching right now. I mean, he's uh, the, the line adjustments in between the first and second period which we were lucky to come out of that first period in Montreal with a 0-0 tie, to be honest. There was a couple very – John Marino saved us a few times. Vitek saved us a few times. And um, we were lucky to come out of that period 0-0. Lindy changes the lines, and I talked about this on the Brat Pack space yesterday. Um, it was it felt like that, that uh, Montreal was putting Monaghan's line out with Brat and – against specifically against Brat and Hughes' line. And Brat and Hughes were getting absolutely bullied because those are two smaller, quicker, finesse, skilled players. And then, um, you know, Lindsey changes it and puts Jack with a more physical Eric Halla and a bigger, stronger, sturdier Dawson Mercer. And you see what happens is that Jack is able to play outside of those physical scrums instead of having to go into those physical scrums where he gets bullied. He's able to have Halla go into those scrums in the corner. He's able to play on the outside. He's able to get those loose pucks as they pop out, and he was able to put two pucks in the net in one period. So, I mean, Lindsey's playing video games right now with this team, and he's doing an incredible job. He's a veteran. I got a lot of faith in him. They've got a completely different coaching staff than they do last year as far as the power play, defense, and goaltending is concerned, and they have different mm -hmm. personnel to work with. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to really blame Lindy for last year when you consider, you know, you have P.K. Subban and and – Damon Severson as your two point men on the power play, you know, it's just a different year this year. We've got, we're cooking with different, different fuels. So it's, it, it, I understand, like, I, I was always keen on giving Lindy a chance with this personnel because I really believed mm -hmm. in this team top to bottom. And um, now that he's able to mix and match lines and, and I don't even still think we have permanent lines for this team. I think they'll change throughout the course of the year, but I mean, I, it's incredible who honestly as a devil's fan, would have put Tatar, Heeshear, and Zetterland as their top line. I don't think anybody. And it's worked out incredible. They were the best team. They they were the only line to play for the team all three periods in Montreal. They were there first, second, and third. Um, and took the rest of the lines into the second period to get their legs going. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm very impressed with what Lindy has done. I'm impressed with how he's handled the media and the fans. And, um, yeah, I know he just seems like somebody who's very calm in the storm. So... I, I, I'm pro Lindy Ruff right now. I, I ordered my Sorry Lindy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just funny. Again, you know, if you go back to a month ago and we were all screaming for Lindy Ruff's job and everything like that to now where we are all very much appreciative of what Lindy Ruff has done and we're hoping that it continues. And it, it's good that you mentioned about last the last game against Montreal because in that first period, the Devils really didn't look – all that good. It, it, they seemed off. And I said, you know, 
this seems like that trap game that just is not going to go well. Like nothing's it's, you know, Jake Allen's going to just have an unreal game, um, which funny enough, he he had up until that point had not lost ever to the devils in his career, um, which was kind of a, I felt like that should have been a motivating factor in itself. But nonetheless, you know, Lindy Ruff, he changed lines, which we've grown accustomed to him doing even in the middle of the games. And there have been times where it just didn't work. And it was so frustrating for him to do that. But in this case, he changed them and it immediately worked. It The offense clicked again and we were able to cash in. Jack Hughes had a great game. John Marino had a all-star level game against oh, yeah. Montreal. And, and, and yeah, I know it's Montreal and they, they had been playing well. They were on a three-game winning streak going into that game. So it's, so, I mean, it's, they're not terrible by any means, but again, I understand why people might say, Oh, well you did that against the, you know, the half, let's see what you do against the Leafs for an example. And, and Which by the know, way, I think this, I think this Habs team is very good. Um, they're they not the same team talent. from last year. Yeah. They're not the same team from last year. No, they're not this year. They're really trying to be more competitive. Let's put it that way. So, and then you look at this Leafs team and you say, even if we were to win tonight, People will still say, well, you know, Toronto didn't have Jake Muzzin. Uh, the goaltending is, a, you know, a joke. You know, it's always something. I've noticed it talking to people on social. You know, people say that. Who are they oh, starting you know, tonight, by the way? Because Sam Sonoff is injured, is Matt correct? Murray. Matt Murray is, Matt Murray is getting the start. So, I like that for us. You know, we'll see. You know, I, I never look at games that say it's a done deal. We got the dub. There are games where I say, well, we have a very high chance. Like when we played Arizona last week, it was like, well, we have a very high chance of winning this game. You know, it's, right. it's, it, and that was the case. We won the game. But like tonight, it's like, look, bottom six goaltending question mark for Toronto. But if their top six is flying on all cylinders and we're struggling to slow them down, there's not much we can really do to, to keep it going. But again, you know, I'm looking at guys like John Marino who go up against the top players on every team and he doesn't shut them down, but he certainly slows them up. I mean, again, I pointed out that game against Columbus, you know, a couple weeks ago, he was able to almost single-handedly shut down Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line to do basically nothing in that game. I mean, it was a phenomenal job by him and he had a great game against Montreal and deserved to get a goal. You know, that empty net goal at the end, he deserved it. The dude is playing at an all-star level right now. I'm not saying he's up here as, you know, a Norris trophy candidate by any means, but I said that about Jonas Siegenthal last year. The dude doesn't. I think John Marino is a great candidate for the Norris Trophy as of right now. So it's it's more of like you know. Again, my problem with the Norris is that they look for stats, they look for goals and yeah, assists, and we all sure. know that. I mean, they don't look at it as is this guy legitimately the best overall defenseman in the game. I mean, that's the yeah. way that I look at it. That's what I said about Siegenthal last year. The dude put up unbelievable defensive stats, was one of the best defensive defensemen in the game, but he was nowhere near any close to consideration for the Norse because he had, like, a goal and, like, 30 assists, you know, and he just, like, it was one of those things. And the same thing is for John Marino. But the fact that the Devils got John Marino for Ty Smith, who isn't even playing in the NHL right now and is, you know, is playing on a bottom pairing in the American Hockey League shows you again that the Devils position themselves perfectly to acquire higher talent for very little to nothing because of the salary cap and being patient and not going out and trying to make drastic moves either. I know that people have, you know, worry people are for some reason talking about the trade deadline involving the Devils. Like, oh, are they actually going to be buyers? And I'm like, again, it's mid-November. Let's let's give it until like January. Then we start talking about it. But exactly. I did see that, you know, 
I'll throw out a really good example. Bleacher Report put out an article earlier this week. Top five most likely places that Patrick Kane could get traded to, and the Devils were one of them. And I said, here's the thing about that. I love Patrick Kane. I think he's a great player, Hall of Fame player. He's still yeah. playing at a top level at age 32. But that's not how the Devils operate with regards to getting guys. They don't go out always and get the big splash. They did that with Dougie. They tried to do it with Johnny Gaudreau this past offseason, and it didn't work, and so it's whatever. There's going to be other opportunities, but it has to make sense for what Fitzgerald is doing because, again, he's not looking at this is the year we got to put all of our chips at the front of the table and say let's go win a cup this year. No, he's talked about long-term success. Multiple, multiple years of being competitive. And you look at the farm system. You look at what we have now. This is all of the product of that. Let's keep oh, it yeah. going this way. And I, I and, love And for, for the assets we'd have to give up to get Patrick Kane, I'm absolutely not interested. I still argue to say that what the Blackhawks got for, um, what was it, Debrinket, and granted that wasn't a deadline move, but that you could kind of start with that which again i feel like the the devils do have the assets to do it but i don't want to i don't want to make this a sidetrack thing i want to get back to the point of saying this devils team is playing really well right now and the chemistry is the important thing i've mentioned it before that chemistry particularly in hockey is so vital. That's where the success really comes from. Why do you think Tampa has successfully been this good for this long? Because of the chemistry that they built with the core guys. Every single Stanley Cup contender has a core. Colorado has a core that only in the last two or three years has really taken off and ultimately led them to a cup. Didn't not right away, but eventually it did. Right, and, and, and when I moved out here to Denver, when I moved out here to Denver, they were a the worst team in the league. They had one of the worst seasons ever. And that's why I wanted to draw a comparison to being out here in Denver to New Jersey is that when they were that bad, the arena was completely empty. Mm-hmm. When they went on that 18-game home winning streak last year, the place was packed and it felt like the playoffs every night. So, yeah, I completely agree with the comparison to Colorado. Um, Nico, he's is reminding me a lot of Gabriel Landis Cog in terms of his two-way play and leadership. And I, I can draw a lot. I did at the beginning of the seasons. I draw a lot of comparisons with that Avalanche team to this Devils team. So yes, you did. You did exact. You did exactly that. And one of the other things that Lindy Roth he was asked today at Morning Skate. He says, "Could you see Nico Heischer as a potential Selkie Trophy winner?" And he said, "Absolutely. He is what Patrice Bergeron is." And I have said it. I can't tell you the amount of times I've said it over the last several years about Nico Heischer in the sense of he is our Patrice Bergeron. 200-foot game, two-way forward. Guy is one of the better, you know, face-off men in the NHL. The hilarious thing is that he's not even the best on this team, which is actually Eric Halla, which is a hilarious stat, by the way. Not in a disrespectful way to Halla. It's just that's how good on face-offs this team is overall, just in that sense. But talking about Nico, I mean, before his point streak ended at seven games, he had five goals and five assists in that point streak. He's been... At a, tr- he's playing at a tremendous level right now, and we don't need him to score every night. He's involved in the play regardless. I mean, he oh, did yeah. technically get a point against the the Habs, but it was called off. But it was a great play nonetheless to lead to Tardy get that goal that was ultimately waved off. But I think overall, I wish that wasn't waved off just for Tatar's sake. He looks so fired up. 
Yeah, I mean, he he's had some bad luck, and it's good to see that he's starting to get rewarded. Now we got to get Hala and Sharon Govich rolling, which, oh, again, yeah. this team, you know, we're talking about multiple guys here. The reality is that this team has guys step up every night. It's not just oh, our yeah. stars either. There's other guys that step up that make plays. Our fourth line might be the best fourth line in the NHL right now. The I think our fourth line is undoubtedly the best fourth line in the NHL. I mean, it, like I said, it reminds me of that 2012 fourth line with uh, Gianta, Bernier, and uh, was it Harold? Or Josephson was on that line. Yeah, it was Harold. You were right. It was Harold. It was Harold. But yeah. That, I mean, this fourth line is incredible. I, uh, I'm i a big Miles Wood advocate. But I, I do want to mention to your point, I feel like because of the success of the fourth line, they're getting a lot of uh, the ice time that the third line would get. So I think that a, a big reason why Sharon Govich, well, you do have those two goals that were called off for Igor. And then um, also, I mean, you know, they're just not getting as much playing time as the BMW line, you know, in yeah. crucial situations. Lindsay wants to put that McLeod, Wood, Bastion line out there ahead of the Igor line. So, I mean, right. Igor got bumped up to the second line last game. I'm curious to see what they do tonight, though. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm not against the fourth line being out there more if they're still productive. If they're going out there and making plays – and doing the things that are necessary to win, I don't really give a damn who's up, who's on the on the ice at that moment. I really don't. If we have a game where the fourth line scores three of our four goals and we lead and it leads to a win, I have literally no complaints whatsoever. Because as much as we want to see individuals have great seasons to get noticed that way, we would much rather this team as a whole, as a collective, be very good. And that's what we've been seeing in this winning streak and early on this season, that it's been about that type of play, that it's been about that type of team effort. And that's what Lindy Rupp has pushed. That is what Andrew Burnett has pushed, Ryan McGill, Sergey Breland, that entire coaching staff. And it's certainly what Tom Fitzgerald has been focusing on for years. About It's about the team. It's about it's about everybody playing together. And now that a lot of these guys are have played together for several years, it just makes sense. And that's, again, why you see some of the moves that uh, Fitzgerald make because it's not about getting a, a big-time player to join a team. It's more about does this guy's style of play and personality, does it fit in with the rest of the team? And that's what he did with getting Hala, getting Vitek Vanacek, getting John Marino, and getting Andre Pilat, to name a few. You know, Pilat wasn't even considered to be that big-time signing. I mean, he's a very good player in his own right, and it's unfortunate that he's out of the lineup right now, which, by the way, again, we're on a 10-game winning streak, and Andre Pilat hasn't even been a part of it. It's or insane. It's freaking it insane. And, and besides last game, Boquist has been very good, you know? And I love Boquist. I, I have no issue. Like, I know people want to see Alexander Holtz. I know that. And it is crazy to me that he's still on the team and he hasn't played in like almost a month, which I kind of wonder why, why don't we just send him down unless I'm missing something about, you know, contracts. Um, but Boquist has done nothing to take himself out. of. That's the other problem. Nobody is playing to an extent where Ruff feels like he has to make changes. If everybody's right, still playing, I mean, why, why Brandon why change Smith, him? Brandon Smith, maybe. I see a lot of people talking on Twitter that they'd rather have Ball in instead of Smith, but they're 
There's something about the, 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 I, maybe I'm blind to this. I don't know, but I'm not seeing what everyone else is seeing about Brendan Smith. Like I know he takes penalties and that is annoying, but like what exactly does he do that irritates people other than take penalties? Like he's not, I a felt like with me that it's just the only, like I can't explain it with words, but there's just this feeling that I get when Smith and Severson are on the ice where I start to get a little bit anxious. And uh, I get that same feeling when Blackwood's in goal. Uh, I just get a little bit, let's not let any loose pucks through here, you know? Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I think Brendan Smith had his best game of the year against Montreal. So he played really well. He was stepping up on offense. I believe he did take a penalty in that game. So, I mean, it's not He did like take a penalty. He took that penalty after his best shift of the season. I was literally about to tweet. When he wow, had like Brendan three Smith. shots on goal in one setting and should have scored. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. And, and then takes a penalty to ruin it all. But but again, if Brendan Smith doing whatever he's doing that's pissing off people is still generating wins, why would we change it? Like no, that's for sure. Saying. I mean, you. I look at it this way: when the Devils went to that uh, twelve. Or was it 13 forward, 7 defensemen? When they did 13-7 for a period of time, or was it 12? I forgot already what what, system, what format it was. When they won three in a row the first time, I was like, look, you keep this going until it's not working anymore. And it ultimately stopped working because we got the crap kicked out of us by the Capitals. So Lindy Rupp made changes. And since that point, we're off and rolling again. So again, like if we lose tonight and we get shellacked, Okay, then you can make changes. But if we win again, why would we screw up anything we got? You 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 got a good thing going. So, like, I love Kevin Ball, and I want to see him play. I love Holtz. I want to see him play. But if we're playing well and winning games with the, the team that we have on the ice every night right now, I see no reason to make changes. As much as that may be unfair, that is the business of sports. We are in the business of winning. And at the end of the day, I don't care who's on the ice when we win. All I care about is winning. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, we've won 10 in a row, but I'm really pissed off that guys like Holtz are not getting a chance. I look at it like, look, if he gets an opportunity again and is able to help us win, great. If he's not, he's not. And you can't let it you know, dictate the entire way this team plays. That's the way I look at it. I know that may sound harsh, but it's just me being realistic. No, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, this lineup seems absolutely perfect right now. You know, they're rolling on all cylinders, and you're seeing production from everybody on from top to bottom. So, I mean, I completely agree with you on that. And yeah. and another thing I've noticed, too, that's really exciting is that when we go on the road, you you know, in past seasons, people, like other fan bases would be like, oh, they're playing the Devils. We won't get tickets to this one. But now teams are packing the house to come see the Devils play. So, I mean, full house at the Bell Center. They're going nuts because they want Montreal to end our streak. It's going to be the same thing tonight at, at uh, Rogers. Is it Rogers Center? Where do they play? Scotiabank. Scotiabank. Rogers Center is the home of Rogers the Center. Blue Jays. Yes, yes, yes. Right down next the, to each down other. Down the street. Down the street. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, they're they're going to pack up Scotiabank tonight, and, um, and it's going to be an electric environment um, for the Devils because this team is – the hottest team in the NHL. They're the talk of the town, like I said. And you know, you, I mean, I'm a, also like I said, I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan. We got shouted out on Ariel Hawani's MMA hour yesterday. <laughs> the, de- the Devils did. 
I have no I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that sounds awesome. It's the biggest podcast in mixed martial arts. It's a bi-weekly podcast where um, a gentleman named Ari Alwani is from Montreal. He interviews all the top talent in the UFC wow. catch events. And he's talking about the Devils and our 10-game winning streak. What was, what was that? his name again? What was his Ariel name again? Ariel I think that might be Eric um, Amanda Stein's brother. I think. I think they're related, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? They're related. I know. I, I saw so, they I, followed I, each other. Yeah, I, I think that they they are related in some capacity. I'm not. I don't remember, but I know that they have a close relationship, as far as I was concerned. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he shouted out the he shouted out the Devils yesterday on his podcast, and uh, one of his like betting experts was talking about, yeah, I'm riding the Devils all the way. Um, so it's, I mean, it's you exciting. Got, you got you got other people. I mean, you got Spin Chicklets. I know that uh, the Steve Dangle podcast loves, and I put this with parentheses. They they absolutely love the New Jersey Devils, especially Adam Wild really loves talking about the Devils, and I say that with a hundred percent sarcasm. Oh um, yeah. You know, but you they got, put him in a devil's jersey yesterday, did they not? Yeah, <laughs> I did see. I gotta, I gotta watch. I gotta listen to the episode because I just want to have a laugh. But um, I think it's just nice that the devils and you know the devils are talked about in a positive light like this. That's saying, you know that. And I don't mind people continuing to say that it's a fluke and this and the other thing. At the end of the day, devils fans are just enjoying the ride. Because we haven't had this much success in a long time. We didn't come close to this in 1718 with regards to this much success and this much excitement. And I think at the end of the day, we just have to continue to get thing, let things roll the way they're rolling. And just, you know, every game, just one game at a time, you know, you're hoping the team just goes out there and is, and is competitive and ultimately finds a way to win hockey games because that's what we need. And especially when we get into the dog days of the season, uh, racking up as many wins as we can right now will only help this team, you know, stay competitive even through the the, the tough times that are probably going to happen at some point this season. I mean, we've got a rough schedule come uh, around Christmas time. You get Boston twice at home, uh, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Florida, both Carolina and Florida twice. Yep. Then we play Detroit, St. Louis the Rangers, the Canes again, and then the Red Hot Kings. So, I mean, that little stretch right there between late December and early January is going to be a tough, tough test. It will be, and we will see. And obviously, we'll see what happens tonight against the Maple Leafs. So, Max, uh, as always, man, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. We really do appreciate it, especially on short notice. Um, you know, this episode will come out before the game. Uh, I'll make sure to promote it and get it done. Um, it's actually 5.05 right now, so this will be kind of a, a quick edit and just pushing it out as quickly as possible. But before I let you go, Max, uh, let the let the fine folks at home um, know you know where they can follow you and anything you got going on, man. So as always. So, yeah, it's just at Dirty Devil Fan on Twitter, man. You can hear me going crazy during the games. Um, I've been doing a lot of Twitter spaces and stuff like that. So I, I just like to get involved with Devils fans. And um, I'll be uh, heading back to Jersey over Christmas time. I'm looking to catch both Bruins games. So anybody who's going to those, I'll be at the uh, New Year's Day game against the Canes as well. Um, mm -hmm. So anybody who wants to meet up, grab a drink, and watch some Devils hockey, that's all I'm about. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's go Devils. Let's go, Devils, man. But again, thank you so much, Max. And uh, we'll have you back on again on the podcast real soon. All right, man? All right. Thanks for having me, Neil.